Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Commanders fans? Welcome back to the Believe in Commanders show. I'm Anthony Armstrong. Got Brian Murphy on the other side of the screen, way down there in ATL. And I know I'm in a little different spot. So if you're looking at YouTube, you're like, where it happened to all the stuff? It's back there. My computer was like dead, dead. I ain't have enough juice to kick that sucker on. So a little pivot, a little midstream adjust, as uh, Coach Bono would say. But Brian, what's up, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm looking. We're getting a zoomed out view. Normally, we just see the uh, the Washington skins gear. Now we see the Dolphins helmet. There's another helmet there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I didn't know you had the whole wall there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I guess while we're here, I'll give you a little tour of it. Up, up there, you see... Um, Arena football is up there to the, let's see, what is that? Top right, I guess, just next to my head, that's the Dallas Esperados. Okay. A couple of uh, footballs there for some touchdowns. Um, Then you got the Newman Smith helmet, my alma mater, um, my high school alma mater. And if I lean over a little bit more, this dark helmet, this is the Odessa Roughneck. So that's from the Intense Football League. Um, I could say I don't know if I'm supposed to have that stuff, but, hey, they're not using it anymore. It's (laughs) over 20-some-odd years old, so right now it's an antique, uh, and it gets to be on display out here. So I'm I'm pretty – I'm proud of those things. I can say it took me a little while to actually put that stuff up. I used to just kind of have it, you know, tucked away and didn't really want to put it out there. But then I said, you know what, man, be proud of what you did. Be proud of what you accomplished, and uh, it's good to put that stuff up. Plus, my, my kids wear them. Nice. And they like to run around and they're like taking like my first touchdown ball and like, dad, give me, give me the dolphin helmet and the star helmet. And then, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh gosh, guys, I mean, there's like autographs on that dolphin's yeah. helmet, you know I mean? Chad Pennington, Jake Long, nice. Joey Porter, you know, Greg Camarillo, shout out to Cam. Um, like all those guys are on that's from that 08 season where they went from basically like one in 15 uh, and then they made it to the playoffs that very next right. year. So yeah. You know, it's a pretty special thing, first time in the league, but that's neither here nor there. Nobody bet that I would have made it there, but if those odds were on bet online, it would have been probably, you know, one in like 2,400. Uh, so if that was there, you probably made a whole lot of money. Yeah, I bet on right. myself, but Brian, tell them about bet online. Love it. Always bet on AAA. You're going to end up with some some good cash there. So uh, bet online remains your number one source for all, all your sports betting needs. Uh, during the season, everything from NFL wrapping up these last couple of games, NBA, NHL, uh, MLB right around the corner, all of that, even esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head to betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, indeed. Bet online. Shout out to those guys. Definitely uh, love having them as sponsors. And, and I like to go on there and just kind of piddle around and yeah. just see what's going on. Because um, they had that contest now, that playoff contest that you, know, you got a chance to win some bread. And if you didn't get in already, you missed out. But they do have a March Madness one. Coming up, obviously, uh, when the when the brackets get to rolling. So, do you, do you do many of those brackets? Uh, I, I like to fill out the bracket. I try to do just one because I, I think it's kind of cheap if you do like five, ten different brackets. But you're talking about March Madness brackets, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I try to fill out one and keep it my my holy grail, my one bracket. 
Uh, but it's usually done for after about the first weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't watch enough of the college ball to know who's oh, who I don't and what's what. It's <laughs> hey, you end up finding a way to have like at least three of the number one seeds in there. Then mm-hmm. like there's a darling in there. You're like, I'll pick this darling as a right. seven or something like that. But neither here nor there. But right now we're in those hot, hot part of the year, uh, not temperature wise, but NFL playoff wise. That's We're right. just obviously coming off of the divisional round, uh, which was exciting. Um, big win for the Bengals up there in Buffalo. Kansas City avoided a scare with uh, Patrick Mahomes going out. He came back in. Those two teams will match off for that Lamar Hunt trophy in Kansas City, not in Atlanta. So uh, right. <laughs> Joe Burrow said, you got to send those refunds back yep. uh, to anybody who made those, made those plans to go to Atlanta. But starting out in the AFC, what are you thinking about that game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's probably the two best teams that we've seen. I thought at, at one point it was going to be the Bills and the Chiefs. You know, at one point in the season, I thought they were the two best. But uh, the the Bengals have been so hot. The, the way that they went in there and beat uh, the Bills in the snow was really impressive. It's got me, you know. I think I think we'll pick the games maybe later, or however we're going to do it. But it's got me thinking about the the Bengals again, especially with Patrick Mahomes maybe not being one hundred percent, like you said. Uh, I think the Bengals this this postseason for me have been the most impressive team, and they just kept it rolling. And Joe Burrow looks like a man on a mission. You know, it feels like he was not satisfied with just you know getting to the Super Bowl last year and coming up short, and he seems like he's on a on a rampage and obviously the chiefs are a tough team and that's no easy task, but you got to like what the Bengals are doing so far. And then Mahomes to, to grid it out the the Jaguars put up a, a good fight there and Mahomes came in and then, you know, put the game away late. So these are, these are two heavyweights. That's for sure. I feel like we got four heavyweights. We go over the NFC as well, but yeah. Yeah. And the AFC, especially. Yeah, that matchup, yeah, you're looking at a one-and-a-half-point favorite are the Kansas City Chiefs, and I feel like something – I saw something that was saying that they were home underdogs for a little while, but it's tables have turned, I'm assuming. I'm looking at bet online right now. The one-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites over under 48 points. I think that's going to be an over for sure. And um, But Kansas City – uh, we'll talk about this later. I mean, you got Kansas City and Cincinnati. I think you got two of the premier quarterbacks in this league. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they said that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the oldest, the elder statesman, if you will, uh, in the playoffs right now. So having him uh, and Joe Burrow go go face to face and square toe to toe, I guess, is better off. Uh, is going to be an exciting game. And we know how it ended last year when you had like. 20 some odd points scored in a matter of seconds, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it can get electric. It can get extremely, extremely electric. But Cincinnati, like you said, one, Joe Burrow is, is cool. He is as cool and as calm and as poised as anybody yeah. I've seen like out there. And and he's able to laugh and joke a little bit, but he also gets right back to that nice stoic uh you know persona and just and he got so much swag about him. Uh, I mean I personally feel like Cincinnati will get this game uh basically just from how he handles himself. Um and that defense is kind of starting to come around a little bit. They went to ball, uh, Buffalo and, and held Buffalo uh, to not much. So he didn't let Stefan Diggs get the football in his hands. And, you know, that caused its own little bit of a, you know, uh, let's say a little, little drama in between mm-hmm. the quarterback and, and the receiver. And then shoot, even Eli Apple was in there trying to uh, stir up some drama on Twitter. Uh, trying to have fun in Cabo, <laughs> have fun in Cancun. So um, very good matchup. I'm excited to see that game. I know a friend of mine, 
uh, big Kansas City Chiefs fans. He said he's he is not going to watch the game anywhere but his own house. Yeah, and it gets too stressful for him for him to be out and about with the general public watching the game. So he's going to be at home watching this one. Uh, but I I would have to pick. We're going to pick now. We can pick them now. Ain't but two games. Yeah. I'm going with Cincinnati. Um, I think they got the sauce. They're getting things right at the right time. It's a combination of, one, hellified coaching and scheme. Two, uh, hellified play from your top dogs, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and just that whole team, they got right thing. They got the right things rolling. They got a chip on their shoulder. Uh, definitely have unfinished business from last year. Yeah, part of me thinking about the revenge thinks that, that Kansas City finally wants to beat Joe Burrow. I think we've seen the stat that Joe Burrow is undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. I think he went 3-0 and against him in uh, the calendar year of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's hard not to pick them in 2023 as well. So I'm going with the Bengals as well. I, I'm with you. I think they're hot. I think they're... I think they're the the most dynamic team on, on offense out of the four remaining, which says a lot. I think, um, you know, Joe Burrow did a lot last week, but Joe Mixon was averaging like it felt like nine yards a carry. So they just can beat yeah. you in a couple of different ways. And, yeah, I like them to go into a Burrow head, as they're saying right now, not Arrowhead, <laughs> but Burrow head. And uh, I, I'm just nervous about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. I think he's going to, you know, obviously play and all that. But I think, like you said, the – the Bengals defense is doing just enough and, and showing up at the right time to yeah. uh, to wreak havoc. And, you know, a, a sprained ankle is no joke. And we saw how gingerly it was moving. And now that they're going to be – I don't think they'll be dirty, but I think they're definitely going to test him, make him try to bump out there a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Bengals as well. Maybe it's – it's the I'm a victim of the hot hand, of the, the flavor of the month. But, man, I, I Joe Burrow has been something else, and I think it continues. Yeah, his his mentality and just the way that he carries himself, it, it doesn't. The lights aren't too bright. The situation isn't too big. Um, he's not worried about going into hostile territory. Like he's like, I go into the jungle without a jacket. I'm coming out with a mink. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's the type of guy he is. That's how he carries himself uh, each and every week. Um, and, and it's it's exciting to watch that. And and if I was in the huddle, like you can see it in his eyes. Like I know that the rest of that, the rest of those 10 guys, they probably look over there at, at, at Burrow and they're like, Oh yeah, he's got it. He's going to carry us through this thing. He doesn't have any, he's not going to blink in the face of adversity. Um, and neither does Patrick Mahomes, but there's just something special about what Joe Burrow's doing. Um, with Patrick Mahomes, if he's more, he's already dangerous with his arm talent, but when he's able to get out of the pocket and run around and extend plays, that's what takes him to another level. Um, with that high ankle sprain, he may not be able to do it as much. Um, so I, that's why I think I'm really leaning uh, to Cincinnati. All right, and then on the NFC side, I, I'm living in Dallas, so I could tell you it's it's interesting. That- yeah, tell, so tell me what the the thought was there with how that game ended. Uh, I know I know we're we're moving forward. We're talking about the conference championships, but I'm curious what it was like being in that area. Oh, man, I saw nothing but, like, Dallas and Dak, like, hate videos. Like, yeah. people are very upset around here. And, I mean, that's that's just how it goes. When you're the quarterback of America's team, uh, you're, you're either going to be loved highly or you're going to be despised. And there's some people that were burning Dak jerseys, and they're just very upset. I mean, there's been a lot of changes with that staff. I mean, Dan Quinn is coming back, so he will yeah. be back as defensive coordinator, but they didn't. They didn't say that Kellen Moore would be back. They didn't. You know, they weren't ready to ready to make that decision. Uh, so that'll be interesting what happens there. But man, I tell you, from Brett Maher uh, to Dak Prescott, people were just very upset and kind of let down. And I don't even think anybody 
want to pick a team to for this week. Like you ask right. me, hey, who you who you think yeah. is gonna win this matchup between San Francisco and Philly? They're like, I don't care. I want the Bengals to win. I don't care. <laughs> They're like, they don't care. They don't want to even watch the NFC playoffs, the NFC championship game. Uh, they're just highly upset uh, with yeah. what happened. So I mean, deservedly so. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, we're totally derailing it here, but I figure it's it's topical. Uh, we were gonna talk about you know franchise quarterbacks later. What do Cowboys fans feel like? I mean, Dak Prescott is a solid quarterback, but do they like feel like he's their guy? Do they feel good about him, or is it kind of like right now they're just kind of still sour? Or what do you think the the, the feel of the town is? Uh, the feel of the town is they probably don't want him to be the quarterback. A lot of people are just saying, "Hey, it's time to move on. It's time to make a change." Uh, now, the thing is, I don't know who you go, who you'd go with. Yeah, you know? I don't know who you go with, like. In in this league, I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but there's there's only I can barely think maybe five yeah. franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. There's only five. And it doesn't mean everybody else isn't good. It's just that you know everybody else kind of has a little asterisk about them. Where it's like, hey, he can do this, but they're going to do this as well. And I, I'm going to make a comparison. I, I saw later when we talk more about quarterbacks. So I don't I don't want to get there yet. But sorry, right. I totally derailed it. But yeah. You know, NFC, yeah. I think we're it's another heavyweight matchup here with the Eagles and, and the 49ers. I think it's two of the two of the hottest teams on this side as well, as as well as the AFC. And to me, as a casual fan, just talking about both of these games, I mean, what more could you ask for? I feel like we have four of the, the best teams left. There, I mean, it's fun to see upsets every now and then, but then you know, eventually Cinder, the Cinderella story is gonna end, right? They run into like a powerhouse. That doesn't feel that way. I could see both of these games going any which way, and I could see any combination of the four teams ending up in the Super Bowl. Yes, absolutely. And this is what you what you want as a fan, you know, just sitting back, being able to say, man, you know, Philly went on a crazy run to start the year. San Francisco's working literally on their third quarterback, last pick in the draft, and he's been on a hell of a tear uh, as of late. Um you know, Kansas City is doing what they do. Joe Burrow doing what he does. This is this is the best thing you can ask for at this time of the year. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know, two and a half point favorites are the Philadelphia Eagles. I I am rolling with Kyle Shanahan's 49ers team. I think they're going to be able to go into Philly. Um, their defense is solid. You know, D'Amico Ryan has definitely secured himself a head coaching job. But he's continuing to get the chance to just stack on basically what his asking price is going to be with who he's going up against. I mean, he he was able to handle Dallas last week when their their offensive attack. And now he's going to handle Philly. He's got to go and deal with Jalen Hurts and that running ability. Uh, you know, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith outside. Uh, so this is not going to be an easy matchup. And, and frankly, San Francisco does give up some uh, some plays through the air. But I feel like their ability to rush the passer. Uh, Rust a passer uh, to to affect what Jalen Hurts is trying to do will really come up big in this game and probably be the difference maker. Yeah, I uh, I thought I was going to come in here and we're going to be totally opposite, but I like the 49ers as well. It's another one kind of like Joe Burrow on this revenge streak. Like, does the clock run out on Brock Purdy? And I just I just like what they're doing. I, I I don't know. I think we've said it a couple of times that all the credit in the world to Brock Purdy, but it's more what Kyle Shanahan is putting around him and, and the weapons that he has around him. We saw George Kittle have a big game last week. Christian McCaffrey just does a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, I just like what they're doing, and I like what, what Kyle Shanahan um, has done. 
And uh, again, he's back in the NFC championship game. What's that like three out of the last five years or something like yeah. that. Uh, so he just, he continues to put his team right there. And you got to think that, um, you know, they, they want to continue this, this, this kind of Cinderella run for Brock Purdy. The Eagles are tough. Don't get me wrong. I, I could see this going either way, but yeah, I like what the 49ers are doing. So I guess we're both kind of taking the quote unquote underdogs, even though I don't really think they're big underdogs in either of these games, but um yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. I think this one, I could see this being a little bit more low scoring, like your like 17-13 type game. I think yeah. the AFC will be a bit more of a shootout, and the NFC, they're going to kind of slow it down a little bit, run the football, and and try to make a play on defense here or there. But, um, yeah. yeah, both teams are solid. I just, I, I'm just i going to go with the 49ers in this one. Yeah, when you look at the way – uh, Philadelphia lost to Washington and, and basically the recipe to beat Philly is to control the clock and keep yep. those guys off the field. And when you just know that when San Francisco wants to go into straight bully mode, they will do exactly that. They will run the ball. They will control the clock. They're going to get behind those big old linemen and just make you just show how physical that they can be and make you either step up to that or you're going to get stepped on. Yep. Um, and I just looked this up. This is something that crossed my mind, but, only twice in conference championship history have both road teams won, um, and that is 1992 and 1997. Those are the only mm. two times that that happened. Um, and frankly, I feel like this is a prime opportunity for it to happen again. Um, I feel like they're, I mean, they're, they're both close games. It's going to be yeah. both tough games. It's not going to be – I do not see blowouts in either of these. Um, it will probably come down to the you know, last couple minutes – in each quarter um, to see, um, you know, maybe one team is up by 10 and they, they score a touchdown. They had to onside kick it uh, and they end up coming, you know, coming up short by like three or two, two or three points. Um, I could see that happening in one of these games. But for me, if you look at the offense of San Francisco, they have weapons across the board. And Philadelphia's defense is very, very talented, but they're not going up against a predictable offense like the Giants, right? You could predict where, where Daniel Jones is going to go with the football simply because he's, he's, he's predictable and he's going to make his reads based on what the play calls for. He doesn't really – he doesn't make any off-script plays as they call him in the league. And I like to say it's like next-level thinking, right? Like, hey, I've been doing this and they're jumping this, so maybe I should do, you know, option B. Uh, Daniel Jones doesn't really go that route. He's going to go with what he sees first and foremost. And he's played good ball this year. So big blue fans, don't come over here uh, trying to scream and yell at me. But I'm just saying what I see on TV. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, with a team like the Giants, you know it's going to be Daniel Jones. You know it's going to be Saquon Barkley. They were just kind of limited there. I feel like all four of these teams, but especially the 49ers, it wouldn't shock me if Sunday is the Brandon Ayuk game. It wouldn't shock me if Sunday is the the Elijah Mitchell game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they have guys that can come out of nowhere. And I think you're right. I think it's that 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 ability to just kind of scheme something up that you're not expecting that yeah. Kyle Shanahan does really well. And so, you know, you're going to hone in on Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle the most, obviously, but that's going to allow some of these guys that you might not expect. And we haven't even mentioned Debo Samuel. So, yeah. I, I mean, they just have got different guys that can beat you in a bunch of different ways. And yeah, I just, I, I like the versatility there. Um, don't get me wrong. As, as much as I hate to say it, I, I am a, a fan of what the Eagles are doing. 
Um, but I just think the 49ers, I think they've been there for the most part, other than Brock Purdy, obviously. But these are guys mm-hmm. that were in the NFC Championship for the most part last year. They've been there, and I think they're hungry to get over that hump and get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it, San Francisco's really built to where you can change out quarterbacks. As long as the quarterback doesn't go out there and do something that's off script and, and try to make a play when it really doesn't need to be, you know, and does do too much, yeah. um, that team's going to be good. You know, I mean, you're trying to match them up on defense, and you're looking at the fact that you've got, uh, you know, Debo Samuel over there. You got Brandon Ayuk. And then, oh, yeah, you got George Kittle. So you got to, mm-hmm. you know, think Chauncey Gardner Johnson's probably going to have to stay with him. But then, oh, out of the backfield, you got Elijah Mitchell. But then you got Christian McCaffrey running option routes as well. So there's so many options for San Francisco. And, and I think Philly is probably the one of the better defenses that they're going to go up against. Um, and, you know, they match up with them pretty well. But I just feel like there's just one more uh, player, one more uh, person that they can uh, roll out there with San Francisco that's going to make it just a little bit too difficult uh, for Philly. So that's why I'm going with those guys. But w- while we're on that, we're talking about Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow, and the great Patrick Mahomes. I want to talk about that franchise quarterbacks. Franchise quarterbacks. Um, on the Twitter, uh, the folks at the Believe Network, they they posted on the social, they put a picture of Daniel Jones, and they said, is this a franchise quarterback? Yeah. Got a lot of conversation. Oh, my goodness. I had so many mentions and stuff on my page. I was like, what happened? What did I do? Um, but then I saw what it was, and I was like, mm. I was like do I want to jump back in this mess again? I said, I'm going to save it for the show. And my initial thought is, no, he's not a franchise quarterback. But let me point out, the one, he has played good ball this year. He is going to get a new contract, and he deserves a new contract. But to me, in the NFL, there ain't – Max five Mm -hmm. franchise quarterbacks. And to me, a franchise quarterback is somebody you can put on another team and he's going to elevate that team. And it doesn't matter where you go. You don't have to necessarily put in a particular scheme. Um, You don't have to say, well, if I have this guy, I need to add X, Y, and Z. The guy is going to go to that team. He's going to elevate the play. My five, and and it was really like four and a half, and I'm kind of – Obviously, we're going Burrow and uh, Burrow and Mahomes. This is not ranking them like one through five, mind mm-hmm. you. Burrow, Mahomes, I said Josh Allen. I was willing to put um, Mr. Aaron Rodgers in that conversation, even though, yes, he's 39 years old and he's kind of, you know, kind of coming back on the backside of that hill. I still think he's a franchise quarterback and he'll be an up, upgrade at the position for basically any team outside of these few that I'm naming. Um, and then I want to say my fourth was it was Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar is, is a quarterback that his skill set alone, um, mm-hmm. you know, before before this season, I was like, well, you know, he hasn't really shown a whole, whole bunch. But then this year he was flinging that thing all over the place. And I was like, OK, that's what we want to see. Um, but I think a lot of people around the league are just saying he's only a running quarterback. He's only going to be able to use his legs. And you see how impactful his uh, absence for the Ravens has been lets me know that if he goes to another team, you'd be able to, to play him up. You'd be able to get him to play at a high level. He can help your offense. So those would be my top five, like franchise quarterbacks that can really change uh, where a team is at and, and help them go to another level. Um, outside of that, everybody else, they're still good quarterbacks, yeah. but I think that it comes with an asterisk, right? Like Jalen Hurts, he's, he's getting close. He's going to be close to that conversation. This has been his first year, but – I don't know if you're going to take Jalen Hurts out of that particular offensive style 
and throw him in something else and he's going to have that same level of success mm -hmm. you know what i mean yep and and this is what i wanted to talk about earlier i thought i saw a good comparison on twitter i, I don't know who it was but it kind of feels like with the cowboys with with dak prescott like yes there's there's this urgency or like especially after the way their last two seasons have ended like to potentially replace him but where are you going to get one of those those other five guys i mean those guys aren't available i don't know that you're going to be able to upgrade and that's not a knock on dak i mean i think he's right there right below it to me it was kind of like what the the redskins had in kirk cousins everybody wanted to replace him everybody was so critical of him and you know now they've you know five six years later they're still looking for a quarterback like you don't and the 49ers are showing you don't have to have a franchise quarterback to win but you're right there 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 is some you know there are some guys that are up above everybody else to where change the jersey change the coaching staff it doesn't matter they're gonna they're gonna effectively run the offense whereas some other guys are limited and they need weapons around them and there's nothing wrong with that some of the 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 best quarterbacks of all time have needed weapons around them yeah. but you're absolutely right that there's there's like a there's like a line there that like people uh, don't always see they, they just want to say elite or not elite and there's so much that goes into it to where you know there really is only a handful and and yeah. those guys don't like especially in washington search for a quarterback like are you going to get uh somebody like that I, I don't know maybe it is right to just roll with you know uh, a rookie a young guy sam how like we talked about and build up the roster around him we're seeing the yeah. 49ers do that yeah. and then maybe you draft down the road and develop the next franchise guy but it's not yeah. just like picking one off the tree and there's not there's not a whole bunch of them they're not out there like <laughs> that like what one one team that i thought about and i and i always i tend to always lean to talk about this team the pittsburgh steelers coming out of the draft i mean i feel like people were you know eh, i don't know about kenny pickett you know, he's got small hands or whatever, da, 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 but he's like growing and showing that he could play and, and have success in this league. And the thing about Pittsburgh is that they're going to build a good team. And you yep. look at the teams in the NFC side, San Francisco and Philly, they have good teams. They have good teams. Now, if you go to the flip side to the, to the Chiefs and the Bengals, you can say that if you remove those quarterbacks, it's going to mm. be a well, a big step down in play. Right. Yeah. When well, you look, can replace three quarterbacks in San Francisco and still have success, that tells me the team is overall really good. Well, look at the Chiefs. They they lose arguably their best weapon over the last half decade in Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes is right back in the AFC championship game. So yep. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is Daniel Jones franchise quarterback? My answer is no. Um, but the thing is, for me, is – Whenever you're in that mid range, you know, and you're like, you're, it's, 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 it was labeled like this. They're good players. It's like, I could win with them, but, right. you know, I can win with a uh, Dak Prescott. I can win with, you know, uh, a Taylor Heineke. I can win with, you know, these other type of these quarterbacks, but you know that you need to upgrade around it to help those guys play at a higher level. Um, like for, for example, hell, for like a Dak Prescott, to me, it, it gets down to you're looking at the same offense and you do the same thing all the time and you kind of get programmed to that. I think Daniel Jones has made a progression because he's been programmed to take his first read. If it's not there, quickly get to your check down. If that's not there, take off and run. That's not a bad thing. That makes it very clean, but it also makes it predictable. And Philly right. sits on, they will let the guy run an outside release go, knowing that if I'm eight yards off, he's not going to ever throw this thing. 
and they can play downhill into those out routes. Now, next level says, okay, I'm going to quick pump fake to this out, and then I'm going to let this sucker go down the sideline. That's going to make you respect that deep ball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, when you're looking at a Patrick Mahomes and a Burrow, like, those guys are ready to do that stuff right now. Yeah. So, you know, so when you're look when you're in the same offense for a long time, like that's kind of my big issue with Dallas is you got, you know, the way Jason Garrett did things, that same offense. And obviously, you know, Kellen Moore played in that and he was with in the same quarterback room with Dak. And when he's the coach, they're still going to run things that the quarterback likes. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask you, what do you want to do? I always use the chef, uh, the chef analogy. It's like, what do you like to cook with? Oh, I like to use these type of ingredients. Okay, well, let's get you those ingredients so you can be successful. Yep. But you're also going to end up being slightly predictable. You're going to have to look at things differently and and take a, a take a next step. Look at you know maybe you don't hang on. Uh, you don't hang on C.D. Lamb just because he's running against a linebacker in the middle. But over here to the left, you had T.Y. Hilton wide open. Yep. That lets me. That tells me that in practice, you probably only throw it to this one guy, right? Just because you can execute the play and go to play person number one all the time, doesn't necessarily mean you're you're awesome. Like you're able to make that throw. But go to the next level. You you see, uh, I'm, I'm getting long winded here, but I remember you would always see uh, Drew Brees in practice uh, pregame, and he goes, he makes his first throw, but then he goes continues through his progression as he works his way through that's because he's saying okay if one's not there where's two where's three where's four take yourself to that level i think a lot of guys out there if they can go play at that level rather than trying to hang on number one and number one didn't open immediately quickly get to your next read quickly get to your third read and move yourself through and that's going to help elevate a lot of these guys play absolutely well speaking of offenses i think that's a natural transition we're seeing four of the best offenses I think in the league, they all do it a little bit differently. They've all taken guys from different coaching trees. That kind of brings me back to the commanders and kind of their offensive coordinator search. We've heard a couple of new names over the last week or so. I feel like every day you're hearing something different. We heard Thomas Brown, the former Georgia running back that's been on Sean McVay's staff. He was on Mark Rick's staff in Miami. Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers uh, head coach, has been on the 49ers uh, staff. I think both of those guys have interviewed or are going to interview. Some, so some different names in there. What are your thoughts on, on the offensive coordinator position for the commanders? Do you think they wait uh, wait this out till like the Super Bowl is over and everybody's available? Or do you think they're making a decision in this next week? And uh, what, what is your feel there? What are you thinking? Well, I was excited to see Thomas Brown's name come across. It wasn't necessarily on my first list, uh, but coming from the Rams – um, staff, you know, he's going to be very well prepared and, and obviously working with Sean McVay. And I like what Sean does with his offense. I'm, I mean, you see the success that he's had with three wide receiver sets. I'm big on that. Yeah. You uh, said because, that. because I think that you've got the skills out there. You got to find a way to, to boost that and, and get the most out of that. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what he was able to put up there. Eric Studsville, uh, if I'm saying it uh, 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 correctly, uh, Dolphins associate head coach, right. RB coach. He was also interviewed. Anthony Lynn. Um, you know, so it's exciting to see some some different names um, because it's you. Anthony Lynn's been over there in San Francisco. He's going to you picked up some things, some things that you've yeah. done in the past. You picked up some new things in San Francisco, and now you get to walk into you know potential situation in Washington. I, I like the, I like seeing those different names like that rather than the guys who 
coached for 20, 30 years and they've only done it one way. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You got young blood um, in in uh, Sam Howell and the rest of that offense. You kind of got to get somebody that's going to match that energy. Yeah. So so I, I think that they're doing a good job just continuing to do the search slowly but surely. Um, and I'm frankly, I'm not too too upset with them waiting, yeah. waiting a little bit longer. What's, what is what difference does it make if you wait until after the Super Bowl? I think that you're going to get guys that are going to be able to focus on their job. Uh, and if you have them on your list, shoot, see how their players uh, actually perform in these games. See how they step up. Uh, that that'd be something that I would be interested in seeing. Uh, that way, you're not really rushing to do anything. You're not going to do anything with them right now. Right. right? League year don't start until in, in March, so you got a little bit of time. You got a little bit of time. Still, you know, make sure you comb through fine tooth comb and, and make a good solid decision uh, for somebody that's going to be able to come and join your team. Yeah, the, the more names that come up make me a little uh, more uh, optimistic that they are going to wait and, and try to find something a little more fresh. And whether it's waiting on one of these guys to, to shake loose after, you know, these last few games or something like that. I do like that they're looking at all different options. And I agree, Thomas Brown was not a name that I really considered. But what better place to go than Sean McVay, who has largely been considered one of the better offensive gurus of the last, you know, five, six years. We see Zach Taylor, who I'm not sure anybody was super high on him other than the Bengals. And we were mm-hmm. like, okay, you're just hiring him because he's from Sean McVay's tree. And now he's looking to potentially go to back-to-back Super Bowl. So I think the best teams go or the teams that have the quickest turnarounds, it seems like, and I guess you could do a study and really dive deep into this but it feels like the teams that have the quickest turnarounds are the ones that go and get uh, uh, an assistant a coordinator from a team that has been successful and you know there are a bunch of different lines there in the four teams that that we have left and uh, we saw you know you know Kyle Shanahan has had coaches picked off you know he came from his dad's tree I mean that is the way to go and so yeah I'm all for waiting it out and and talking to guys on uh, from teams that have been successful because that's what you should want to be, and that should be where you're you're wanting to head to. Yes, absolutely. I mean, shoot, you got to think two defensive coordinators coming up out of San Francisco are about to go be head coaches. I mean, yeah. obviously you got Robert Sala up there with the Jets, um, and you see how that team has kind of had uh, a progression uh, this last year, and then the uh you know D'Amico Ryan is is probably gonna you know he's definitely gonna be a head coach this year yeah. might be might be ended up down there in Houston uh who I want to say he played for Houston so like yeah. that's that's yep. you know a welcome uh you get a get a bigger office now you don't gotta be in a locker room that's anymore. right so um like that's that's exciting that's that's that shows that you're really developing some players and, and some coaches and allowing them to be successful so I mean shoot Kyle Shanahan's got so many coaches I mean he's got mm. Almost five, six coaches. He got a lot of a whole bunch of kids in this league now, yeah. man. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, maybe I should have won the coaching, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but well, no, it, go ahead. Well, then it's like so. Frank, uh, coaching news around the league. Frank Reich is is moving on to Carolina. His yeah. one of his former assistants is Nick Sirianni, who is in the Final Four. I mean, there are just so many different lines that you see, you know, for lack of a better word, NFL bloodlines that you see just connecting through Nathaniel Hackett fired from the Broncos now going to go be the offensive coordinator for Robert Sala, his offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur is going back to coach with Sean McVay in LA. So these guys hire guys that have been on successful staffs or they've had relationships with, 
And uh, it seems like it's going to continue. And so it's interesting to see what yeah. the commanders do, what some of these other teams do um, as some of these openings get get filled throughout the league. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, talking about the, the Panthers, I think that they made a mistake in not keeping Steve Wilkes. Um, I mean, that team, <laughs> we thought they were – I thought they were going to be yeah. picking in the top five, or I don't even know what they're picking now, but I thought they were going to just be just flounder all the way down uh, to the top of the draft. And then they actually fought, and they showed some growth to finish the year. And, I mean, Ryan Clark was talking about it. Steve Wilkes got one year in Arizona. And he had a quarterback who's not even on a roster right now. And he got replaced for a Cliff Kingsbury, who's now been fired. It's like, I don't understand why you don't give this guy a chance. Um, maybe we do understand, but it's, it's it's upsetting to see that he's not getting that opportunity. You know, yeah. it's it's like, come on now. What what do you want to do? And now, you know, and, and people feel that in the locker room. They really do. You know, I mean, there's been, I remember times before where you're trying to go and fight for somebody to be uh, to be a head coach or be able to stay with the staff, and then somebody well above your pay grade makes a decision to switch it up. You mm-hmm. know, and as, as a player, I mean, it's your job to show up and still perform, but you're like, man, they should have kept, you know, they should have kept so-and-so rather than making this switch. And, and you try to be optimistic, optimistic and positive about it, but – I think Steve Wilkes should have been the head coach down there in, in uh, Carolina. Well, you mentioned Houston. I'm curious to see what uh, some of those players might think. The second straight year they've had a one-and-done at head coach. And yeah. Lovey Smith, a guy that's had some success in the league. And another team that that's record wasn't very good, but they played some competitive games and they beat uh, – you know, they won in the last week of the regular season. It looked like they were probably putting something promising together, going to pick high up, get a good quarterback, and – He's out just like that. So yeah, I don't know yeah. that teams all, always make the the right decision, and it it seems silly that. No offense to to a guy like Jeff Saturday, but like a no coaching experience, and he very well could be a head coach. While there are two proven guys that have been solid coordinators and had some success that are just kind of dumped out there, and like you said, there might be some other reasons, and that's unfortunate. And I think that's something that needs to. That needs to change in the NFL. It's it's not it's not right, and it's it's it. it there's just something off there. It's, it, yeah. not, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, and I, I do think I think Lovey Smith did a hell of a job uh, with Houston. Yes, the record wasn't great. You know, I, I get all of that, but I mean to take a job that literally nobody else wanted. Right, right. Um, shoot, and I mean, frankly, when they had David Cully, like like that name came out of nowhere because they waited so long to try to get somebody. I mean. I don't know. It, it, this, this is the frustrating part about it where it's like from the outside looking in, you're like, what in the hell are you doing? What is going on over here? Yeah. Right. Why is it that uh, the people in the front office get to get to stay for so long? Right. Mm-hmm. They get to see their little plans play out and, you know, make bad decisions. Nobody ever wants to go in and dump the a GM and be right. one and done. They let the GM's plan play out, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's, they always say the league ain't fair. It ain't fair, but you try to treat people with respect, and uh, that's a big old story. I'll tell it quickly: the whole the, the Jimmy Johnson story to Troy Aikman and another rookie. Uh, Jimmy says, "I'm going to treat you all uh, with respect, but I can't treat everybody fairly." He said, "If Troy Aikman falls asleep in a meeting, I'm going to wake Troy up. But if you fall asleep, I'm going to cut you." Yeah. And that's what happens. And unfortunately, um, Steve Wilkes and Lovey Smith and David Cully, those guys end up getting cut. Um, even though that you see progression with the team uh, for another person. So yeah. uh, there's neither here nor there. 
Yeah. No, it's 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 frustrating. And you hope that like good guys like that, because they seem like really good guys, that they land on a on a staff where they're valued and hopefully get a coordinator position and then you know, hopefully get a chance to do it again. But they're not they're you know, it's it's unfortunate because there are guys that have gotten way too many chances mm. and you're like, why? And why mm. and and then and then there are guys that seem to do everything right and can't get mm. another shake. It's just yeah. it's, it's bad. It really is. It really is. It makes you wonder, but Hey, I've always said like, Hey man, he's like the, the way that the, a lot of the owners, you amass your fortune, you didn't do it in, in one shake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And chances are, you're not going to go back to the well of something that was, a, was fail, had failed in the past. Hey, let's mm-hmm. go back and try that again. You're not going to do that. You're not going to yeah. do that. But when you see some progression somewhere, I don't see in, in, in whatever their other business is, if you're seeing growth and progression from what's going on right here, why would you go and remove that manager? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But hey, yeah. hey, that's hey, we, uh, hopefully somebody's listening. Okay. Listening to the believing commanders. We're solving not only the NFL's problems, but the world's problems right now. So hey. check us out. Make sure you're always listening. We got, this is a good therapy session. We, we've got, we got some answers If they just tune into AAA and, and Beamer. If we, we got you and you can listen to us wherever on TuneIn Radio, Sirius XM, Stadium, all your favorite streaming platforms. You can see the videos and, and AAA's memorabilia wall back behind him on youtube so be sure to check that out and we appreciate all those platforms for bringing you the show every week yes indeed and once again thanks to our folks over there at bet online go use our code 50 uh, 50 towards your welcome bonus it's b-l-e-a-v over there at betonline.ag go check it out team i like it Uh, you can make those bets you can roll with us if you don't want to that's fine and they even already have um they have all four different combinations of Super Bowl matchups. So, okay. um, let's see. Right now, Cincy versus uh, Cincy versus San Francisco is a one point spread. So that'd be a little rematch. They have two historic, uh, yeah, two two matchups in in previous uh, Super Bowls. Kansas City, um, vi- technically a visitor to San Fran, where Kansas City is a two and a half point favorite right now. Cincy in Philly is a one point. Uh, favor to Philly and then Kansas City and Philly is Kansas City is a one and a half point favorite. So Kansas City is continually a favorite and uh, Cincinnati is a one point dog in uh, both of these pre- early Super Bowl predictions. So matter of fact, let's do it right here. Who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Hey, you already said uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati. Yeah, that's right. San Francisco, Cincinnati. And I, I would take Cincinnati. I think they are the hottest team and I'd roll with uh Joe Burrow, I think he's a man on a mission. Well, I think Kyle Shanahan gets his Super Bowl win this year. I think there's too much firepower, uh, and that'll be a perfect way uh, to add that trophy to his uh, to all of his other accomplishments. I think this is the year that Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers get a Super Bowl trophy. And, and knowing the way the NFL shakes out, we'll be talking about the Eagles and the Chiefs next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if so, hey, we'll 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 break that down on right. next week. We'll be right here with you folks. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Do this me do me a favor, share this with a friend. Absolutely. Send it to somebody who needs to hear some quality uh NFL talk. But B Murph, it's been good. I will see you at the next one. Uh see you next week. Sounds good. Be good. You guys uh thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.